We all have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey. You've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And as always, we have a very lectual show for you today. This episode is going to be all about penises and those who love them. We're going to be talking about premature ejaculation, which is usually a very taboo and embarrassing topic, but we're going to address this head-on, pun intended. To help me with this discussion, I invited Jeff Abraham, entrepreneur and the CEO of Promescent, which is a sexual wellness and pharmaceutical company that specializes in helping people enjoy longer lasting sex. So you may have heard of their world famous Promescent Climax Control Spray, which helps to delay male orgasms and was created by urologists to help treat premature ejaculation. We're going to be talking about some of the reasons that can contribute to premature ejaculation, how you can deal with premature ejaculation so you could last longer in bed and increase the intimacy in your relationship, and how we can eliminate the stigma around men's premature ejaculation. And later, in today's show. As always, I'll be answering some questions from you, the audience, during my Letters to Lexi segment. If you want me to give you some lectual advice with the bonus help of my special guest each week, write into me at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, a silver with a Y. Now, before we start our chat with Jeff, I just want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you can also access the world's largest lifestyle dating platform. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at sdc.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So get ready to fearlessly embrace your lectuality with Jeff and I. Let me tell you a little bit more about my special guest today. You may have heard of Jeff in the media as he's been involved in some high profile corporate lawsuits because he believes in upholding ethical business practices and holding others who don't accountable for their actions which I very much admire. He's been the CEO of Promescent for 19 years and seeks to educate others about the reality of premature ejaculation, normalizing the conversation around PE, and helping others discover how they can experience longer-lasting sexual pleasure. Welcome to my show, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate being here. Today, I want to talk a little bit about why you think men have a hard time (laughs) talking about premature ejaculation. I believe that it's not just premature ejaculation, although that's included. Men have a hard time talking about many areas of intimacy. For whatever reason, men, and part of it is porn, I believe, but men have this feeling and expectation that they need to be sexual supermen. And it's funny, there's not a stigma where every man has to be the fastest runner, every man has to have the you know greatest bench press or has to have the highest high jump. But when it comes to sex, the idea that you're not the best that was ever created is difficult for a lot of men to deal with. And having run this company for you know the last decade, I run into it all the time where men will even say to me, hey, I have a cousin or a friend or a coworker who might need your product. Can you tell me a little bit about it? And I almost like, I just laugh. I'm thinking, why would a coworker come to you and you come to me? But Hey, you know, the thing is, I think the media played into it. And I think, you know, some of the old wives tales play into it as well, because for the longest time, 
there was this feeling that if a man prematurely or rapidly ejaculated, that he didn't have mental strength or he didn't care for his partner enough to last long enough. And there is a psychological component to some PE and ED uh, manifestations that come about, but there are at least four to five different physiological reasons why a man truly rapidly ejaculates, not limited to hypersensitivity to penile nerves, prostatitis, low testosterone. So I always tell people to try to erase the stigma. If you're a diabetic, would you ever feel self-conscious about taking insulin? Of course not. If you're a cancer patient, would you ever feel self-conscious about taking chemo? No, because you have a physical ailment, and this is something the medical community has derived to help you deal with something that's beyond your control. So why, when it comes to sex, whether it be ED or PE, is there this stigma that, oh my Lord, I have no issues, and if I do, you know, I have to say that it's someone else and find out and use something in silence. It, it's mind-boggling to me because intimacy is all about pleasuring your partner and deriving the most pleasure for yourself. And I think you need to be open and honest and communicate both sexes in, in achieving that. Absolutely. And it's really hard to kind of remove a stigma that has been around for so long. And, you know, you're right. Men are reluctant to talk about a lot of things related to sexuality, but especially if for them, it's something that they believe by talking about it to someone that they'll be judged or that they'll be considered as, you know, less than a man or less manly because they're experiencing erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or other performance issues, including, you know, even performance anxiety. I think that you know, you made a key point when you said they're afraid to be judged. So I think it's very important to remove that stigma so they won't feel judged. And men are afraid to be judged. And I think one of the reasons that they are is because of all these old wives' tales and because the feeling was that if you did prematurely ejaculate, that it was either because you weren't strong enough mentally or maybe you didn't care enough for your woman or man, depending on what kind of relationship you're in, that you didn't really care enough. And that you were selfish. So I think that made men hesitant to admit that they had an issue and seek help because there was a negative connotation that you were A, uncaring, or B, not strong enough mentally. And like I talked about earlier, that there are physiological reasons that people do it and you're not afraid to seek help if you have diabetes and go seek insulin, that kind of stuff. So there should be no issue with a man who prematurely ejaculates seeking help from a urologist, a therapist, or even going on the internet and doing some research and finding something that can assist him in having better intimacy with his partner. Yeah. And you said something key, right? There shouldn't be a stigma about that, but there is. So what are you doing in Promescent and, and yourself as an individual to kind of raise awareness and to help diminish the myths and get rid of the stigma when we, it comes to this? Yeah, we are very aggressively promoting and educating people in the physiological and medical reasons why this occurs. In every podcast and having people like yourself that have a podcast, generally people listen to podcasts believe in the person they're listening to. And we find that people that listen to podcasts just don't randomly go and listen to one podcast. They do it because they have a trust and a belief in whoever the particular person is with the podcast. So these types of situations are key for us 
to reach these individual segmented audiences that have a relationship and a trust with the host. So we do it in two ways. Number one, we reach directly out to people and try to educate them that there's no reason to feel the stigma. There's no reason to be ashamed because there are physiological reasons that this happens. Number two is we're working with a lot of urologists and even the urological bodies because sexual health falls into the urology category. When you go to the Sexual Medicine Society of North America or the International Society of Sexual Medicine, they're all urologists and therapists. So we've worked with them to literally change the diagnosis because it used to be, according to the ISSM and the SMSNA, that a man wasn't considered to be a premature ejaculator unless he lasted 60 seconds or less in every type of you know intimacy all the time, chronically. If you last 90 seconds or 120 seconds, or even if you have sporadic PE, you should still be categorized as someone who needs help. Because if you last 90 seconds, and your partner takes 10 minutes, how could anyone realistically say you don't really need something to have better intimacy? So now they're starting to loosen up those standards. So even from a medical standpoint, they're recognizing that if you ejaculate prematurely prior to your partner achieving climax on a consistent basis, then you're someone who is a candidate for seeking longer lasting intimacy. So that's been very, very good for us. So it's the combination of working with the accredited medical people to help get them on board, while at the same time reaching out directly to people. Because with the advent of the internet and all the different resources that are out there, a lot of people don't seek traditional medical help anymore. They self-medicate, they literally go online, they do their own research. Yes. Especially a product like ours, Promescent, is an over-the-counter remedy. So you don't need to go to a doctor. Now, we have very strong support in the medical community. We have over 2,200 urologists that mention Promescent by name in their actual protocol. But we realize that for every person going to the doctor, especially with this type of an affliction, that there's three people that are out there self-diagnosing and searching online. So for us, it's a dual strategy, getting the medical credibility, because even if a person doesn't go to a doctor, when you go to promescent.com, you'll see you know some of the leading urologists and therapists in the world, whether it's Ian Kerner, whether it's Laura Berman, whether it's you know some of these urologists, literally on our website doing testimonials testimonials. They're literally on there doing video testimonials and written testimonials with their picture and their affiliation. And that gives people a higher degree of confidence to go, wow, this isn't you know, some snake oil. This isn't something that someone brewed up in their garage. This is a, you know, really legitimate medical product. And one of the things that we have to do, a lot of products, I wish I was kidding when I said this, when this product was first uh, introduced, we went on the online and we did a search and there was 197 products. I wish I was making this up, but there were stuffs like shark fin, deer antler extract, all these crazy things, which shows you how severe this issue must be if they're actually selling products like that and people are willing to pay and give that a shot. So it's very important for us to hit the medical community, get that medical credibility, and we've done clinical surveys. We actually have IRB certified, which is Institutional Review Board, which is the highest medical standard, and they're statistically significant trials. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to where you literally go into a, a clinical research setup to where they prove the efficacy of a product. And that's extremely important for 
trust. So we're proud of that. And we want to make sure that people understand that. It's something I wanted to comment on when you were when you were talking about it. I was laughing before because you said the medical definition of premature ejaculation is 60 seconds. I find that hilarious. I can barely do anything in 60 seconds. Exactly. Uh, it's nothing. I mean that not in a negative way for people who do have a premature ejaculation that it does last less than 60 seconds. That's fine. What I mean is we definitely have to expand that for exactly the reason you just said. It does take women on average a lot longer to come Absolutely. and that's okay. I like the idea of the expanding definition, which I think really encompasses most people. It is a challenge to keep it together over time, even if there is no physiological basis. Exactly. For so. Well, think about that when you understand that the average healthy adult male lasts five minutes and 32 seconds and the average female takes 19 minutes. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that to even have a stigma when you know the average person needs something? Now, it doesn't yes. necessarily mean you have to seek outside help. Some people have really extended foreplay, you know what I mean, to get yes. a woman closer. But you shouldn't have to feel that every single time that you have to do this. And I've been in situations where in some cases, women will actually start apologizing. Sorry, it took me so long. And I'm like, why would you apologize for something you have no control over? Yes. It's not like you're sitting there trying to extend this. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not like you're doing this on purpose. It's a physiological thing. People are wired differently, but people are so sensitive and there's this shame and, oh, I have to apologize. What are you apologizing for? It's your body. You have no control over how quickly you orgasm. Absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit more about orgasms. We're just going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about PE and orgasms and all kinds of other important things that you're going to want to hear about. But for now, let me just tell you a little bit more about the world's largest adult sex ed platform, SDC.com, where you can find loads of information about sex, health, and relationships. You can watch videos, listen to podcasts, and read articles from professionals all around the world like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, Dr. Elizabeth Sheff, and John and Jackie Melfi of Open Love 101 and many more SDC contributors. As a bonus, I'll just add my name in there because there are also lots of lectual resources that you can find on SDC.com. So Jeff and I were just talking about the orgasm gap, right? That's what you wanted to talk about. And I want to talk about that too because in an average healthy, and I say healthy, I mean, you know, physical barriers to being able to achieve orgasm for either partner, there is a significant difference in how long it takes, right? You were talking about that. So when you're talking about using, for example, the Climax Control Spray that you develop, it could do so much to increase the intimacy in a relationship because you have a little bit of extra time and you can actually achieve some more sexual things that you might not be able to otherwise achieve without it. Confidence alone that a man has from having remove that little guy on your shoulder saying, not yet, not yet. Is she literally, is she done? Is she done? I can't wait. Because let's face it, intimacy and sexuality should be all about uninhibited pleasure. It should be all about reckless abandon and letting yourself go and enjoying yourself. How can you possibly, as a man, let yourself go and enjoy yourself if you're literally hypersensitive to the fact that I better not finish before she does. It's the opposite. It creates anxiety and tension. And in some cases, if you're a female thinking, I better hurry up, I better hurry up so he can, you know, 
go next and he doesn't climax prior to me. And you touched on something before where you said there's a difference. If we go to the actual, you know, whether it's the uh, AUA, the American Neurological Association or SMSNA guidelines, they will show you that the average man lasts five minutes and 32 seconds during penetration or thrusting during intercourse. The average female takes 19 minutes to achieve climax. So even in healthy couples, we're not talking about PE, like you said, we're not talking about any kind of medical affliction. In the average healthy adult, male and female, there's an arousal gap or an orgasm gap. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you need a climax control spray or you need something because some people have extended foreplay. Some people, you know, have all kind of coping mechanisms, but you shouldn't have to literally go, wow, I need to do 30 minutes of foreplay to shorten this. There are some nights where you want to do an hour and a half of foreplay, but let's be honest, especially if you're in a marriage or a committed long-term relationship, there are some nights you go, hey, we both got to get up at 6 a.m. It's already 11. We can't be intermittent until two in the morning and get three hours of sleep. So, and there are some cases where you go, hey, I want to have a 10-minute, 20-minute session tonight, and I can't do that unless I want my partner to be unsatisfied. So, there is a need for people, even if they don't have an issue, even if they're the average normal, healthy male or female, to shorten that gap. There's a reason why there's 19 trillion vibrators in the world. There's a reason why guys stop, start, think about baseball scores. Literally, as a guy, you're like, oh, God, I hope she doesn't get on top. I can't last as long. There's all these different coping mechanisms that exist. And these coping mechanisms create anxiety. There's one place anxiety should never be. That should be in the bedroom during intimacy. That's the last thing you want is tension or anxiety. Yeah. So that's why it's important to have communication, to have the idea of this is fun time. This is pleasure time. Because very few people associate pleasure and fun with anxiety or tension. Being able to clear your mind when you're actually getting intimate with your partner helps you connect with that partner and it really intensifies the quality of the sexual experience. And something that we've been touching on but not talking about this entire time is the fact that a man who is trying to last long enough so that his female partner can come before he does. All I'm hearing from all of this is there are lots of men out there who want to please their partner. So what I think is really great with that is, you know, there is this desire, clients who are looking for solutions to kind of increase that intimacy and make sex last longer. One of their concerns is to make sure that their partner feels satisfied, which I think is great. And yes, you're right. There's so many ways to do that. There are a trillion or however many, we can't even calculate how many vibrators. I can't even calculate how many I have in my little closet upstairs, okay? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, there are lots of really great ways that you can enhance a sexual experience. You you can make it last longer with a good amount of foreplay. There are lots of things that you can do, but it, like you said, it's not always practical uh, to have these very uh, long sessions. And sometimes, you know, maybe neither partner really wants to, maybe they just want to kind of get to it. Like you said, mindless, reckless abandon where you can just have sex without thinking about it and everybody can have a really good time, <laughs> have a really good time. Wow. That is like the understatement of the year. <laughs> but what I'm loving about this is that we're understanding that more and more men are trying to prioritize their partner's pleasure. And I think that's very different than the way it used to be when people conceptualize sexuality. And in porn, we always see the man comes, 
session over. If the woman has an orgasm, it's not really a priority. It's not really important, right? So we see that in porn. Now we're talking about how different that is in reality, where men are still trying to prioritize their partner's pleasure. Can you tell me a little bit more about that disconnect? Like what's going on there? Well, I think that most men, especially if they really sat down and thought about it, because I've had people tell me sometimes, wow, you're so considerate. You're always very much in touch with my needs and everything. And I would like to say that, oh, I'm so benevolent. That's so unselfish (laughs) to me. But to be quite honest with you, my life experience has taught me when my woman is satisfied, she's working doubly hard to satisfy me. It it literally talked about pay it forward, okay? Because a satisfied woman has one thing in mind. I want to make sure he's satisfied, though, that he continues this behavior of satisfying me. So you come across as benevolent and all. He's so giving. But at the same time, you're ensuring yourself of obviously a great experience, not just that time, but going forward. Because to say that sex and intimacy isn't a major part of any relationship is really not being realistic. It just is. And everybody wants to feel, and it's twofold. The actual physical pleasure is obviously, there's a reason why you're so sensitive. And no matter what your belief is from a religious standpoint, that there was a reason why it was the best feeling you could ever experience in the world that ensures there's going to be generations to follow because people keep procreating, not just for reasons that they want to have children because it feels so good. But at the same time, at least for me, and I know a lot of other men that I talk to, and I talk to people all the time from having the position that I have, there is a feeling of confidence you get for properly satisfying your woman. When you know your woman is well taken care of from a sexual standpoint, and she's satisfied, it gives you a good feeling about yourself. Conversely, if you feel that your woman is not satisfied or maybe something is lacking, even if it's emotional, even if it's physical, whatever, you just don't feel connected. You don't feel that same that same bond that you have. And I don't know if it's prehistoric. I don't know if it's caveman-like, like, wow, I need to satisfy my woman. But it is a real feeling. And I know a lot of women the same way. They want their man to feel like, wow, I'm well taken care of in every aspect of my life. And it's it's really important. And I think that men used to not care, but I think women are more enlightened now. And I think that guys are concerned that if I don't take care of my woman, someone else might be in the near future. So I think that's part of it. And I think it's about time that women had the same opportunities as men to have, because like you said, especially with porn and everything, everything is from a male standpoint. And it's all about when, I hate to say this, but when a man's done, generally no man ever in porn ever ejaculates inside of a woman. They have to take it out. They have to show you. Come shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And But it's never about the woman, you know? And I think that it's important that everyone realizes there's two people involved in intimacy and no one's pleasure is above anyone's else. And it should be each person has the same level of pleasure. And it's not somebody's there to serve another. It's two people coming together and their needs must be met with equal urgency. I like where you're going with this because we're still talking about pleasure and talking about how everybody should be experiencing it and all the ways that we can do that. And I just want to take a really quick break, but when we get back, I do want to talk about physiological things that could impact someone's performance when it relates to premature ejaculation. We could also talk a little bit about ED 
as well when we get back. But first, I want to invite all of you sexy globetrotters to fulfill your wanderlust with SDC Travel, where you can enjoy an adventure with other like-minded open couples. Check out our annual trip to Greece, where we'll be lavishing in the sun on the vibrant island of Crete. Indulge in the all-inclusive luxury event resort in the Mediterranean, where you can eat, drink, bare your skin, swim, and play like Greek gods and goddesses. If you're seeking adventure in the erotic allure of hidden coves, naked beaches, and our SDC theme parties and playrooms. Join us this May 2020 for our SDC takeover of Crete. Book your rooms now at sdc.com slash travel. Now, before we get to our letters to Lexi, which we are going to answer a couple of questions from you guys, the audience later on, just have a couple more questions for Jeff. And we touched a little bit on some of the potential physiological issues that could arise that could create a situation where a man is experiencing premature ejaculation. So can you explore that a little bit? Yes. Urologists will tell you that there's a certain percentage of people that experience both ED and PE that are psychological in nature. Some cases they might have had anxiety, which led to about a PE, and then they get so uptight that it continues and it persists. But there's also more, maybe 60, 70% that have a physiological etiology. So that's inclusive, but not limited to prostatitis, low testosterone, hypersensitivity, the penile nerves. So there's many issues. And no matter how mentally strong you think you are, no matter how many counseling sessions you go to, none of those are going to have any impact if your origin of your PE is physiological. If it's hypersensitivity to the penile nerves, there's nothing to do about it. If it's prostatitis, if you can get the prostatitis cleared up, then that will go away. But there's some type of prostatitis that are lifelong. If it's low testosterone, you know, that may or may not be corrected with testosterone therapy. So there are some people that are going to need some type of therapy. There are other people that are just dating people. And there's even from a female perspective, and there's very few men out there naturally, they're going to last 30 or 40 minutes of penetration or thrusting during intercourse. So they're going to require a, a lot of foreplay to get there. There's even physiological reasons why some women don't climax as early and takes a lot longer. Not limited to things like the position of the clitoris or a hooded clitoris where it's not completely exposed. So there's many different issues. And I know when I first moved here to Summerlin, where I live now, I had dated a gal when I first moved here that literally required 40 minutes of penetration or thrusting to achieve climax. And I literally felt like, oh God, it was like we were intimate. I felt like I should have had a hard hat and punch in and going to work. You know what I mean? It was like, oh my God. And then after we broke up, within four months, I was in a relationship with a woman who would sneeze and have an orgasm. I'm not kidding you. It would be like, wow. you can have five or six like in an hour. It was like the most bizarre thing. I, I just felt like I won the lottery. You know what I mean? Okay, we're going to have five or six here in the next hour as opposed to, okay, I got to really have my game face on. I thought to myself, it's a good thing that I'm the CEO of Promessant. If not, I'd have to <laughs> order 50-gallon drums of this stuff, you know? And so even with women, there are physiological differences that can lead a woman to climax rapidly and repeatedly or make them obviously a little less likely to climax frequently or at all. It's not just from a man's standpoint. Let's make one thing perfectly clear. You could last three minutes and have a partner that just snaps them off and that could be great. So the definition has to be, is it affecting your relationship with your partner? Because you know, if you have a woman that takes 40 minutes, you last 15, which is three times longer than the average male, 
you're still not getting it done with that particular person. So it, it's all about the couple. It's all about, is it working for them? It is definitely relative. The determining factor of, is it affecting your relationship or not, is definitely something important, right? But I also yes. think, especially when you're talking about, for example, SDC, we have a massive swinger community and staying hard and being able to keep it together, not, not to come until your partner is satisfied, that in our community is even more precious in the sense of group parties, you know, being more performative, you know, in the sense of maybe there's an orgy going on and you want oh, yeah. to be able to participate because it will last a couple of hours. It's not the same as with one partner, you're lasting a couple of hours, you're with potentially a lot of other partners, even if it's just one other one. So it becomes even more important to have that confidence because I like what you said before, that it does give you more confidence when you know that you can please your partners, right? And I would say that in the swinger community, that is, it is definitely definitely something that a lot of men think about and they don't know necessarily what to do. Some guys are shy to enter into group situations because they don't think they can keep up or they yeah. think that, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to come too fast and they're not like manly enough, for example. These are yeah. quotes from guys that I've spoken to in the lifestyle. So I know that this is definitely a very common thing. And I think it's just exacerbated because of the amount of potential partners that you could have when you have an open relationship. Well, one thing that in talking to men and having been in the situation myself, I will tell you that is an absolute fact. The first time you're with someone, everything is heightened. Excitement, the expectation, that leads to a shorter duration until you do climax because you're so hypersensitive to the newness. And, you know, one of the things is when you're in a committed relationship, I don't care how creative you both are after five years and being intimate with the same person 2,000 times, you know what I mean? There's a certain repetitive nature to it. There's a certain familiarity to it. You know what's going to happen when you touch a person in a certain way. The unfamiliarity of a new partner brings a lot of excitement. It brings a lot of, I don't want to use the word anxiety because it's not an anxiety, but it's like the unknown. Right. So it, it heightens the senses. The heightened senses might lead to a shorter time that you're lasting. So I know a lot of friends of mine will say, man, I got to make sure I have some I'm dating this brand new girl. It's the first time I'm going to be with her. They're just aware of that extra excitement of being with someone for the first time, let alone being in an orgy and being with five people over the next hour, all <laughs> for the first time, you know? So I can only imagine. So it's one of those situations that I think you're right, that community especially. And we find that we get a lot of exposure. And when we get into a community like that, our sales spike because people go, wow, what are you doing? You know, like, and they'll go, well, I'm using this, this, or this. And then the next thing you know, because we have this customer survey and people go, oh, referred by a friend. You know, I went to this convention. I was at a swingers thing. And then the next thing you know, you see the business take off. I understand what you mean in terms of anxiety. You're not actually talking about anxiety, but that's something that also is more psychological because you're just, your brain is just firing on all cylinders. You're just there, you're raring to go. And oh, yeah. also just, yeah, and you're, you're in front of potentially a lot of other people, right? So there yeah. is still that aspect of wanting to, I guess, look good or perform well in front of other people, that performative aspect of it, right? Absolutely. There's definitely a lot of anxiety when it comes to that. I know for a lot of guys in the life, 
lifestyle, their first time at a swingers club. I've spoken to lots of guys and there are, are some that have told me they couldn't stay hard. They couldn't get hard. They were just too conscious of everything going on around them. Or, you know, they came too quickly because, oh my God, holy crap, there's like a bunch of really hot naked women around. Yeah. I don't know what to do with myself. Those are all totally normal and natural. And just something to know is that if you are a guy who identifies with any of the stuff that we're talking about today, and you are also in the lifestyle, keep in mind that we all have kind of a lot of experience with the PE and ED. So relax. No one is judging you. And especially yeah. not, you know, other guys who also have probably experienced the same exact thing. If you do want to enhance that a little bit, Promescent could potentially help you with that. It's funny because a lot of people say to me sometimes, while you're 62 years old, you've never been married, you know, and are you like commitment phobic? I go, no, I generally gravitate towards committed relationships. But after two to three years, I kind of hit this wall where I don't crave familiarity. You know, I can have a good two to three year relationship, four year relationship. I constantly crave new experiences. Some of the same things that attracts me to a person because they're different. They have different life experience. I want to I want to really be exposed to things that I've never been exposed to, cultures that I've never been exposed to, experience that I've never been exposed to. But when I've explored that, it's like I want to go on to the next thing. And it, I'm still good friends with everyone I've ever had a relationship with because I've always been open and honest. And I've never made promises that I can't keep. And I've never done anything to kind of keep a person in a relationship that I don't feel has, you know, the longevity to go longer, that kind of a thing. But there is a certain part of every human being that craves new adventure, that craves the unfamiliar. Now, yes. you have to make that trade-off because sometimes you want to have a family and you want the stability of having a long-term relationship. And you may meet someone that you're going to change in the same ways over time so that you can continue in a relationship. But I know for me, if someone would have met me in my 20s and said, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person when I was an absolute wild man, because my first three years after college, all I wanted to do was drink and party and you know get high and even though I was still successful work-wise, <laughs> and be this total wild man. And now I'm like a vegan. You know what I mean? I like eat healthy. I work out every day. I don't really party that much. I'm like all into business. It would have been, unless the person changed exactly the way that I changed, we would have been compatible long-term. I'm really kind of curious as to how I would have reacted if I would have been born 30 years later. You know what I mean? And I'd be in my 30s right now because things are a lot more open now than they were then. I mean, unless there was a whole part of society I didn't know existed when I was 25, I didn't know that there, I mean, now there's these swingers things and islands and all these things that I see yep. advertised all over the place. I'm like, where was that when I was 25 or 30? <laughs> and you know what? The reality is they were probably there, but not talked about because there is still a lot of secrecy when it does come exactly. to the swing. And there was no internet. There was right. no social media. <laughs> there was no way that to get this out there unless you were yes. part of the secret society, you know? That's true. And I believe to a certain degree, this is healthy. I believe to a certain degree, people need to explore their fantasies and not yes. put them in the closet. I believe it's healthy for people to understand what options are out there. And if there's something they desire to go explore those things. Absolutely. Novelty is very important. And I think even in any kind of relationship with any kind of person, it's important to change it up. 
yeah. little bit. And that could be your partner for my fellow consensually non-monogamous folks who are listening right now. That could be your partner. It could be a new toy. It could be going to a new destination that you've never been before. We need to find new ways to, I don't know, just stimulate us. We Doing too much of the same thing gets boring. Just like in sex, you know, if you keep do the, doing the same moves over and over again, that's kind of boring. You got to kind of change that up and try something different. I think that's really key. But I want to get into our letters to Lexi so we can give some real life advice to some of the folks who have actually written in. And during letters to Lexi, as usual, I am going to give you the shameless, no bullshit answer that your friends might not have the titanium ovaries or balls of steel to tell you. No question <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, you like that, huh? No question like is, that. Yeah. <laughs> no question is ever too taboo or queer or weird. So don't be shy. Send me your messages at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. All right, Jeff. So let's get started. Uh, the first one here is from Nick. Hi, Lexi. I'm gay and used to be very sexually active in the gay community until these last few months. I started dating a new guy recently and when we had sex, I came super fast. Like maybe a a couple of minutes. This has never been a problem before. We tried having sex a few more times and the same thing happened. I'm freaking out. I'm pretty well known in our community as being a stud, but now I'm afraid word will get around about my coming too fast. And I don't want this guy to stop dating me because I'm bad in bed. What's wrong with me? Okay. A, that doesn't necessarily make you bad in bed. Firstly, no. relax, okay? This is a new problem. It's a new partner. Like Jeff and I have been saying, there's a lot of excitement that comes with a new partner. And maybe there's, you know, something else there. Maybe there's an emotional thing going on that like, you know, you're just, the connection is really intense. That's all okay. I am a firm believer in the practice makes perfect. If this is a very recent thing for you and this is only happening with this one partner, just take a step back and stop being so hard on yourself. Get out of your head a little bit. It, let it go, relax, enjoy the experience, and you can still connect with your partner in other ways. It doesn't make you any less of a man. Okay. We've been talking about that. And as far as being known in the community as being a stud, sorry. So any less of a stud. Okay. Everybody goes through different periods of time where, you know, uh, their performance is maybe less than what they wanted it to be. Sometimes you're off the charts, but if you are maybe experiencing some other things as well, some other issues that are coming along with this, or you notice this is persisting for a while, maybe there is some medical thing going on as well. I don't know how long it's been since your last part before you started dating this partner. If you're fairly active in the community, sounds like you're being a very like nice, open man whore. I love it. Continue doing that. But if it's just uniquely with this partner, relax, enjoy, give it time. He's That's already getting into his own head by projecting about his status in the community. Yeah. And he needs, like you said, take a step back, relax. This is someone he's trying too hard to please, you know? and he needs to just take a step back, relax, and let it happen. All right. So our next one is from Michael from Instagram. Please help. I really enjoy sex with women, but since I was younger, I always came too fast. And that also means whoever I'm with can't come through sex, like we just talked about, right? I usually do a lot of foreplay, but once I come, I feel like she's just not interested anymore. I've been dumped by more than a few women for this problem. How can I fix it once and for all? So firstly, Michael, I like the idea of you saying that you're, you're doing a lot of foreplay, you're making an attempt, you're trying 
to please your partner, that's great, okay? If these women are dumping you because of what you consider to be this to be a problem, maybe, and I'm just going to say just maybe, there is something that you are doing in, in the sense of when this kind of thing happens and you do come and maybe it is prematurely, what is your reaction afterward? Because that to me says a lot. So if you're freaking out or you get really upset or you know you become withdrawn, those kinds of behaviors that I, I know can happen when men are experiencing premature ejaculation or their performance is not where they want it to be, they develop frustrations. And sometimes that affects their partner. So as, yeah, so maybe it's not so much the fact that you came early, but the reaction to you doing that could maybe playing a role. Just saying, I don't know if that's the case, but that could be something to think about. That was Michael, you said. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to talk directly to Michael now, okay? (laughs) And Michael, what I'm going to suggest to you is you're making a bigger deal out of it. And just like Lexi said, the fact that you're projecting that they're disappointed and they're going to leave and you're already going, oh my God, how do I get over this? I'm going to suggest to you that the next time you're with a woman, that you don't even climax, that you focus on just pleasuring her. And when you're done with that, don't focus on then you have to be pleasured. Just tell her it's not important that you get pleasured just so you can get the feeling of pleasuring her and take the disappointment part out of that particular session or that intimacy episode you have and leave with that good feeling so that you can understand that your pleasure or lack thereof is not a disappointment to her. So that the next time you go into that same situation with that same woman, you're already going to know that by pleasuring her, that you should be happy about that in general and what your pleasure and your intimacy is in addition to not in place of that. So that the first thing you should do would be to focus and feel good about bringing her to climax and not go, oh my God, now I'm about to disappoint her because of what I'm going to do. Right. So I think you're tying this all together. And again, like the first guy, you're already in your own head, even before you start that session where you're going to go and maybe incorporate some vibrators into your relationship, some other things. I do have like Lexi said, she doesn't know how many vibrators she has in her closet. I have quite the extensive collection myself. I was already into it before I got into this business. And we go to these shows like SMSNA, the Sexual Medicine Society of North America. And we go there, Hitachi and Lilo, they're all exhibiting there. So, you know, we all know each other. They're like, oh, we got this brand new vibrator here. We can give you this. I'm like, oh, okay, throw it on. But they work, right? What's that? They work. They work when to spice things up. They work really well. There's a reason why every woman has a freaking drawer full of them, okay? (laughs) And, you know, it's funny because when I get into a relationship and I'll bust out one of my new vibrators or whatever, they'll go, oh, my God, this is so refreshing. Because so many times, even if I suggest it, a guy will be like, oh, I'm not good enough for you or whatever. I'm like, what? That thought is so foreign to me because if I'm with someone I care for, and generally at my age when I'm in a relationship now, it's pretty much an exclusive relationship where it's one-on-one, you know what I mean? And yeah. My goal is her pleasure, not my ego. I'm not like some Tarzan thumping, chest beating Neanderthal, okay? I want her to have the best time possible because I know I do. She's coming back and I want to be well taken care of. So I want her to come as often and as intensely as possible, okay? If I'm part of the equation, great, okay? (laughs) But it doesn't have to be strictly me. When my son He's 30 now. When he was 19, he was in college at UC Santa Barbara, and I ordered a Sibian machine. And it happened to be delivered while he was home from college. He's like, 
Oh God. Okay, dad, I knew you were out there. Okay. But now you are so far out there, but he laughs about it. Now he thinks it's hilarious. And I had been dating someone. And one day she says to me, we got to the point where we're going to be intimate. She goes, wow, it's been like three years. I'm like, what? Wow. You know, I got divorced. I go, it's been three years since you've been with a man. I said, you must have the most impressive array of power tools ever known to mankind. She's like, I have a Sibian machine. I'm like, what's that? I never heard of it. And she's like, well, if you're a good boy, I'll show you one day. And I'm like, so after that time, we went home. Right away, I went home and I'm like, I Googled it, right? I'm like, that's a Howard Stern thing, you know? Because he has one on his show. And so after about four or five more times we were together, she goes, okay, I'm going to bust out my Sibian. And oh my God, those work. So yeah. we broke up. I go, you know, I might like one of these. <laughs> so I ordered one. And that's one of those things that when you're with somebody that you're prepared for one of two reactions. When you bust that thing out, their reaction is either, whoa, or they back towards the door and they don't want to turn around until they get to the door and then run the other direction because <laughs> there's no middle road. When you bust that out, it is like total exhilaration. Like, wow, I've been dying to try one of those or like, you are a freak. You know, there's like no middle ground there. They need to be more open to going the only way my woman is not going to orgasm with me on top of her in a missionary position pounding away, you know, that there's many different ways orally by your hands, by a vibrator. Your goal is to get your partner to achieve the maximum intensity and the largest number of orgasms and not that you are the God of sex. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be an ego thing. It's just about no. connecting with your partner. The thing that I say often is that sex is not about having orgasms. Guess what? If the orgasms happen, that's great. That's a bonus. For me, sex has always been about connection. And when connection that, and yeah. And open, honest communication. Yeah. And comfort. Yeah. Feeling that security. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get to the last question here by Trudy. Hi, Lexi. My relationship is driving me crazy. I love my boyfriend so much, but can't get past the fact that he can't make me come during sex. I've never had problems orgasming before. And I guess he does try, but once he comes, it's over and I can't come in five minutes. He also watches a lot of porn and I think he's used to the fact that porn ends when a man comes and it's not about a woman's pleasure. I like to think he loves and respects me and wants me to have pleasure. What should I do. Okay. So we kind of touched on that before. The whole idea is that in this case, it sounds like maybe, just maybe, he needs to be prioritizing your pleasure as well. And you said you think that he wants you to have pleasure. Maybe he does, but it sounds in this case like he's more concerned with his own pleasure. And honestly, that is a huge, yeah, that is a huge symptom of porn watching, right? Um, oh, yeah. And thinking that porn is, you know, real sex ed or real sex. It's not real sex. So maybe you could A, introduce him to some couples friendly or female friendly porn. If he's into porn, maybe give him something that does actually show women having genuine orgasms and also foreplay and things that you would want to see. You could do a little bit of research yourself, do some vetting, show, find some sexy scenes that turn you on. Maybe watch it together. And then you could yeah. let him know, hey, I'd love if you did that. Oh, that looks so hot. Can we try that? Or, you know, also bring in a toy or two into the bedroom. You know, get yourself a little bit worked up. Get him used to you getting worked up before you have sex. About this, tell yeah. me they don't have communication issues that she would be comfortable enough writing you that letter. But it's obvious she hasn't discussed it with him. I yeah. think that he really loves me and I think that he wants me to have pleasure. How would you not have brought that up? I mean, yeah. to me... I'd be like, whoa, 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 hey, Superman, okay, come on, okay? Like, 
why don't you actually give me an orgasm before you even try to initiate intercourse? That way, you got one in the bank already, okay? Anything above that's a bonus, Maybe in different words, but yes, oh, yeah. ultimately. I would, that, yeah, I would make it a lot. Yeah. No, that's just you and I talking here. <laughs> that might be kind of a turn off. Hey, I want one in the bank before, before you go after <laughs> Oh yeah, but yeah, it's that definitely wasn't my bedroom talk. Yeah. That was more like cynically you and I talking right here. <laughs> I want one in the bank right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's just important to have that conversation with him because maybe he doesn't realize that he's doing anything other than what he's been doing this whole time. And maybe his, you know, other his other female partners in the past have never told him about this. Or so his other female partners in the past might have been able to achieve a climax in that same amount of time. You know what I mean? Because like I said, women are different, but you need to talk to him. You need to give him a chance to correct something. You know, if he's doing something you don't like or she's doing something he doesn't like. The only way to correct that is to communicate and say, hey, little less of this, little more of this. Did you ever think that maybe we can do a little bit of this? And you can put it in terms that aren't accusatory or aren't going to make anyone feel less. And like you said before, like, hey, this is really hot. We should try this. You know yeah. what I mean? And sometimes when I do live uh, terrestrial radio or Sirius XM and they have call-ins, it's funny because 50% of the people that call in are female. That, oh my God, we need this in our relationship. And they all have the exact same question. How can I bring this up without offending my boyfriend? And I always tell him the same thing. If you literally go, you come too fast, you need this, right away, he's on a defensive. What you have to do is make it like, let's have a, you know, a 50 shades of gray night and I'm going to get you a blindfold and a feather duster and a whip and a crop. You know what I mean? And the same time, some of this, all you have to do is give a guy some pro message. If you literally let him use it, you'll never have to tell him to use it again. Because think about it. What do guys love in life? Control. If you go over a couple's house and the four of you are watching TV, who has the remote? the guy okay if two couples go out to dinner and the four of them go in a car together the guy drives i always tell this if i see a guy and his wife or a guy in his relationship driving together in a car the guy's driving unless he has a dui <laughs> lots of driver's license 90 percent of the time guys love control they just do it's it's a guy thing they want to be the one in control making the decisions. And there's nothing that's more frustrating if you're a guy to be out of control and have this anxiety of like, oh, I don't know whether I can last long enough. If your decision process goes from, I don't know if I can last long enough, do I want her to have two orgasms or three before I finish? That's a much better feeling than being out of control. And guys right. love control. So communication is very important. Right. I will say women love control too in different ways, but uh, yeah, myself included. Yeah, that's really good advice. And thank you for that. So women are more subtle and they're smarter than men. <laughs> I think, no, I'll be honest with you because I know women, guys think control, but women are like, I'll give you the battle, but I'm winning the war. Okay. <laughs> so you can literally have your little control thing right now. I'm ceding that to you because I'm playing the long game. Okay. And I got the control where I really need it. So I'll give you your little remote. Yeah. You can drive to the restaurant. <laughs> but in reality, the control sits right here. And I've been in places where I'm like, she just played me. You know what I mean? Like she let me have my little battle, but she played the long game. And, uh -huh. and I really do think women are smarter than men and they're extremely aware of winning the battle or winning the war and not the individual battle. And men are more focused on 
getting that immediate gratification. That's very funny. That's an interesting sex difference right there. But uh, yeah, well, that wraps up our Letters to Lexi segment for this week. I hope we can give you more advice the next time you guys tune in. So don't be shy. Like I said, send your questions to Lexi at SDC.com or Lexi Silver, Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And now let's talk about how we can reach you, Jeff, and how we can get our hands also on, and maybe other body parts on Promescent. There's a number of ways. Uh, you can go to the Promescent website. It's uh, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T. Promescent.com. We're also available uh, at Target. We're obviously on eBay, Amazon. I always suggest go to the site first because that's where all the educational materials are. That's where you learn about the product. And then you can pick your appropriate venue. But the nice thing is the cheapest place you can always get it is right on our website. There's free shipping. So it's not like, well, I can get it free to ship somewhere else. We ship everything. We do our own fulfillment. One of the nice things is, is we branched out. We started with our flagship product was Promescent. You know, the PE spray, but we've now expanded. We have a line of vibrators. We have condoms. We have lubes. We have a woman's arousal gel. We have a product called Vitaflux, which is an endothelium health product, which improves circulation. It's good for inflammation. It's good for energy level. It also gives you harder and more firmer erections. So we've really begun to expand now and we've become an intimacy site. And we kind of backed into that because we had people go, I love your product. Can you help us? We need this. And I kind of reluctantly went, okay, we'll add one more product. And then it just took off. And people are like, if it's on this site, we know that it's a great product and you stand behind it. And we are a very fully functioning, you know, intimacy site right now. And we're very proud of that. Hey, I'm all for more intimacy and better sex. So (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today, Jeff. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure because this is our lifeblood. This is how we've grown and organically reaching out to people who have great relationships. And like when we had our little pre-interview and we talked, as soon as I talked to you right away, I love your style because you're open, (laughs) you're honest, and you're fun. Thanks. Let's face it. Sex should be fun. Yes. You know, sometimes we send our doctors out. I'm not a doctor. I'm the CEO of the business end. But we send a doctor out. He's all formal. And how do you use your product? Well, you spray it on the frenulum. And the next 10 minutes, someone's looking up, what the hell is a frenulum? Someone asked me how to use the product. And I'm like, you spray it on the underside of the head of your penis. It's called the frenulum. People, okay, great. And people have actually literally emailed in and said, you know, I heard some of your doctors. And it was like, eh. But I heard your CEO and he's real, you know, yeah. he's someone I relate to. And it's important for us to find shows that treat intimacy as something that's important, but at the same time, have a little bit of sense of humor and take the stigma away and have people relax and enjoy it. I'm all for that, as you know. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a real pleasure to be on here today. You're wonderful. Oh, thanks. I'll take all the compliments. We need more people like this speaking in these terms. We really do. I agree. Well, thank you again. And thank you for everyone who listened today. Don't forget you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at sdc.com. Use my promo code 70 to get two months free at SDC and try it out for yourself. Tune in on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you can always get my podcast episodes on demand whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. 
Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality. 